You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and owner of Dylan Murphy Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice helping women make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. We welcome all foods over here, from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Today we have Blake. You're going to have to you pronounce your last name for me. Blake. Blake and Beckler. I like pause. I was like, oh, wait, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> Which you probably get all the time. I feel like you, that's probably like your first thing you have to tell people. Do you know what's funny? I made the dumbest reel about like, you know, like we spend time, we spend time making yes. reels about really important things yes. like food and nutrition and mental health. And like, I, yes. I said two minutes on this dumb reel and it's had like over a hundred thousand. I'm like, so I'm so glad I'm you're creating helpful. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm yes. creating helpful content for the world. Uh. Gosh, that's amazing. I mean, I think that's like a huge fun fact for you, though, is like, all right, I don't even know if that's a fun fact, but it's like no, your it is. name and your last name. Like, I mean, that's how that's how I knew I was going to, you know, how you like always put your name with the guy you're dating. Yes. Like, yes. would this sound good? Yes. I remember the first time I did it and I was like, my name would be Blake Blanken Beckler. <laughs> like, you just can't make this up. This is yes. totally <laughs> like it's just it's too good. This is, oh, that is so <laughs> funny. I love it. Um, well, I'm so glad you're here. Very thrilled for this conversation. And I guess first, I mean, we've already dove into the serious topic of pronouncing your last name, but yes. besides that, I would love for you to take a minute to introduce yourself to the listener, just who you are, what you do, kind of everything that brings you here today. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so I am a therapist and I have had kind of a non-traditional route to licensure. Usually people stay in the same state and I, I started out in Nashville and then was in LA for the past two years. And now I'm in Texas in Austin. So that's kind of an unusual thing is I've moved a lot as a therapist, which has been great because I've gotten to work with folks on the East Coast and folks on the West Coast. And um, I found out we're all human. Yes. We, all <laughs> we all have these things called struggles. Um, and they just show up in different ways. But I think that's been the I'm grateful to have worked with so many kinds of people um, because we're all, yeah, we're all really similar in a lot of ways and we're really different. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I specialize in working with folks traditionally who have, um, I think people start off coming because of like anxiety and depression, but we mm. soon, you know, uncover and begin processing like sexual trauma. Um, I do a lot of trauma work, a lot of disordered eating, a lot of codependency. Um, and I think all of that can be wrapped up in like 
essentially how to become a human (laughs) and how to like ourselves and how to be comfortable in our own skin, because that's not a class that we got as when we were growing up, you know? So the other very important part is my dog, Cash. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Same. It's like, hey, my name's Dylan and this is Remy. (laughs) And this is Cash. Yes. Yes. Equally important. He's not, he's not with us right now, but usually he is, but he's like, you know, they're the best teachers. We don't deserve our little pups. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Story of my <laughs> life. My goal is to get Remy trained to be like a therapy dog where eventually yes. when I'm like back in person full time, she can come sit in sessions with me. It's just like my dream. Oh my gosh. Um, I want that too, but yes. I don't want to have to train him. I know. Well, that's the problem. I like read it into like how the training works and it's like, okay, you need to make sure your dog doesn't lick, jump. I'm like, okay, we're going to have some problems. (laughs) It's going to be a while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So right now she's just a virtual therapy dog. So it's going great. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. So you mentioned specializing in disordered eating, depression, trauma, anxiety, all the things that really have a lot of root in eating disorder work. Um, And I know one thing that you're passionate about and talk about a lot is even just how eating disorders impact so much more than just ourselves and they impact our relationships and the way we connect with ourselves. Like you mentioned, being in our skin, being in our body, connecting with other people, connecting with the world. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear you talk on that a little bit, just things that maybe you've learned in school or learned from the varying types of people that you've worked with and, and yeah, how you see eating disorders and, and disordered eating, um, just our relationship with food in general, I guess, impacting just kind of the way we show up. I like that. Yeah. I think, I think food serves as this really great metaphor that Mm -hmm. I certainly use a lot in my therapeutic work with folks. And I like to think about a lot. And, and two, I think so much of this starts, started off with connecting with my own story. Like I, I'm in recovery from an eating disorder, have been for the last 15 years. Um, And in learning about my own story, you know, personally, and also doing this work professionally. um, Yeah, there's so there's so many metaphors. And so I can I can start off talking about the just the the more like typical like anorexia, bulimia, purge or like Mm -hmm. binging, purging, knowing that all of our relationships with food are much more nuanced than mm-hmm. I just restrict or I just binge or I just purge. But mm-hmm. I think like in the same way movies point out very overt things and it's really clear to see, I think using these really overt categories can be helpful for seeing the more like covert yeah. nuanced nuanced things. So I, I think even starting off with like, so we have anorexia, which is a lot about like restricting starvation, limiting pleasure. Um, and it's really important to be disconnected from our hunger cues. Mm-hmm. And so in looking at that, it's like, gosh, how else is that showing up in our, like our eating disorders show up off of the plate, like mm-hmm. hands down, you know? And, and it's about looking at like how, how do I stay disconnected from my hunger for relationships? How do I stay disconnected from care? How do I not let any care in? Um, and and I think about the like that monkey experiment all the time, mm-hmm. yeah. where the monkey with the wire monkey you had a wire monkey with a bottle with food on it. And then you had a monkey, the wire monkey, but it had some warm cloth around it. And how more often than not, the monkeys would always 
like they might like explore a little with the with the wire mom who had food, but they wanted to stay on the warm mom. And so just as we need literal food, um, food is also so much about emotional care and emotional nurturing and taking and taking in. So the work then becomes not just how do we how do we begin helping you take in actual food because you need it mm-hmm. to survive, but how can we also help you take in care? And so that looks like in session, if it's like I give a compliment or I yeah. say something kind and someone is like, but blah, 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 blah. Or they mm-hmm. like totally deflect it. It's about talking about that and even tracking that as food of like, mm-hmm. did you just spit that out? Like, mm, <laughs> did yeah. you just like, what, what just happened there? What would it be like to actually swallow that, to let that care that I have for you digest? And it's a long, mm. it's a long, not fun process, um, yeah. but an important one none, nonetheless. Um, and then I think about, yeah, I think about like binging, like Mm -hmm. how you take in and you take in and you take in. And it's a lot of it's about, if we look at it metaphorically, it's about like completely disregarding your limits. Mm -hmm. And so it's probably not going to be that surprising if someone has a history and uses binging as a way to self-soothe, it's probably going to be really hard to also say no Mm -hmm. in friendships and family relationships and work obligations. Like, these people are usually exceptional friends. Like they know yeah. what we need. They know what we like. They're really, these folks are so well attuned to everybody else, but themselves, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so then it's like the work becomes, how can we press the break? What would it be like to sit in your body and feel fullness and, mm-hmm. and, and, and end there? Um, yeah. And then I think about purging. Um, which is about like how, you know, no one, at least that I've met, you can tell me, but no one's like doing this in public. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> purging is a, you know, purging's a very secretive, I don't want anybody to see it. I mean, it's messy. It's literally like you're vomiting up your food. You're mm-hmm. getting rid of things and food coming up is not a pretty thing to think about, um, or look at, um, like it is this really violent way of, of getting rid. And I Mm -hmm. think it just gives credence to how bad it feels on the inside. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. purging probably makes a lot of sense for you because it probably does feel awful on the inside with whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're struggling with or whatever your story is. And so, when someone has a history of purging or uses purging, I'm also going to be curious about how are you holding secrets? Like, where are you doing these sneaky things? How is this sneakiness even showing up in our therapeutic relationship? Like what parts are you choosing to say? What parts are you choosing to omit? Um, And, and even, even purging can, can look on the other end, not just like holding in secrets, but it can look like, meeting someone for the first time and divulging your deepest, darkest secrets, like literally everything. Like we call that trauma bonding. Um, And like that can be a form of purging of like, it's not actually good for you to be telling anybody like the deepest parts of your story because Mm -hmm. there's not a foundation of care and trust there. Mm. Um, So yeah, so those are, I mean, those are like three really basic, um, basic categories, but I think, 
yeah, they just serve as these great invitations to look at how we engage with relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said at the very beginning of that, of like eating disorders show up in other places besides our plate, because I think it's easy to put eating disorders in this box where we think it just impacts like what we eat, what we don't eat, how we move our body and just mm-hmm. like ourself as an individual. But then we, we can see like how it impacts so much more than that. And like the way we disclose certain things to people that maybe we don't need to, or the way we hide things and, you know, everything in between, even like what you were just saying about purging makes me think of like, even the phrase, like word vomiting of like, you're literally just yes. like throwing up all of these like words that maybe you haven't even established that trust with that person yet. Um, mm-hmm. I know a common question I ask clients who struggle with purging and I feel like I read this in some book, like this isn't my own thinking, but I, I asked them <laughs> Nothing like, Nothing is what? at this <laughs> yeah, point. <laughs> I know, really. But I'm like, what, what are you trying to purge? Like, what are you, what's inside of you that's like so like aggressive and so violent that you need to get rid of besides just the food? Yeah. Because the food, and we know this, like food and even like our body image is like the surface, like what's the root beneath that? Like, why do you feel like this food is bad? Or why do you need to be so meticulous about your calories or whatever it may be? And I think that's where the work comes in and like true recovery when we can get beneath that, like sure as a dietitian, I can give you a meal plan and help you weight restore and do these like more black and white things, but like, absolutely, that's only the beginning. (laughs) Like that's like, or maybe that's more so at the end, like there's so much we have to unsurface first before we can even get to that. Yeah. Like I, I think, and I'm so grateful that people like you exist and therapy exists because Mm -hmm. we need, we need care. Like we are really, I think it comes down to like, we're really, we're really ambivalent about it. Like Mm -hmm. I want care and I also don't want it. I like really good food, but I also don't like really good food. Mm -hmm. Um, I like being full, but also I feel really bad when I'm full. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like it means certain, like I should have, I should have limited myself more. I should have stopped sooner. I shouldn't have indulged that. And Mm -hmm. that happens with, with our plate and with, and with relationships. Um, and you know, like I, I say to folks a lot, like, I'm so grateful that you had these defenses um, because they did keep you safe. Like there are really good reasons that you are using these things mm-hmm. to keep you safe and to keep you in control. Yeah. And we're getting to a place where like what once kept you safe is now keeping you sick. Mm, um, yeah, that's good. And so can we hold space for you to begin wrestling? What would it be like to try wellness out, to try wholeness out, to try actually swallowing care. Um, like something, something I think about a lot, like I talk about, I use poop metaphors a lot. (laughs) Just because, you know, every, everybody poops, um, (laughs) which is shocking. I know, but you know, it's, it's like a baby when a baby is born, it's never used its digestive system. And so the first, like, I am not a mom. I have, you know, babysitting was like my jam. So Mm -hmm. I've changed a lot of dirty diapers. And what we know is when, you know, when babies are first born, like they are pooping and throwing up 
all the time. Like they're having mm -hmm. to get used to taking in and to, and it's just like a very, very messy process. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so in the same way, like when we think about recovering from an eating disorder, like you wouldn't just put a plate, like an entirely full feast in front of someone. Like they will shit that out so fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we have to slow things down so that your body, like we're really, especially if we start putting good food in there after you've had a long history of really not great food, whether that's, you know, and again, we can look at the metaphors, whether that's no food at all. I'm just going to eat snacks. I'm just going to eat like crumbs or I'm just going to like be in relationships where people don't value me and I'm constantly devalued. Like to just certainly start to just start like our, our bodies would not be able to tolerate a good relationship right off the bat. And so I think there's just so much importance in, the, in like our sessions, even being with, that we see clients, they're 50 minutes. Like that is all, like that is all you can tolerate. And I think there's something beautiful about the change that can happen like over a year when you show up to something for 50 minutes a week. Yeah. Um, because oh, that's absolutely. like, you know, it's like, that's where, that's where the change comes from. I don't think mm. it's these, I, I don't know. I, I would imagine that you would agree, but I think we're both like skeptical of these like 30 days to change your life. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to solve every oh, yeah. single problem of yours. <laughs> Again, it's like, yeah. we're going to binge wellness and we're going to binge health yes. and it never sticks. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. like you, I love how much you are an advocate for not dieting because it doesn't work. Like it mm -hmm. might work for a few minutes, Mm -hmm. but then it doesn't yeah. and, and our bodies don't know how to tolerate it. So we have to slow things down for our bodies, for our bodies and our nervous systems to learn how mm -hmm. to, to tolerate things like saying no inherently is not hard. Like if I was mm -hmm. to say, Dylan, can you say no? Like you would be able to just say no. Mm -hmm. It's, the feelings that are happening within our bodies that make I literally feel them hard. right now. I hate, I'm so bad at saying no. I can like, it's like a visceral response. I'm like, don't make me say it. Yes. Like that's what we're, yeah. that's what we're working with. We're not mm. working with like, you have, you know, like your language capacity works, you know how to say mm -hmm. no. It's yeah. all of these things that are happening within your body that we have to grow a tolerance to mm. it, beca it becoming okay for you to say no. And mm. it like the relationship still continuing. Like we don't want yeah. you to check yourself at the door to be in a relationship with someone. Yeah. And one thing I think too, and you mentioned it even with like the 30 day idea is I, everything that you're describing, like it's not an overnight fix. It takes like when you've learned one thing, like, to live life one way for so long and engaging in some sort of behavior to keep you safe for so long. And then you realize it's not keeping you safe. It doesn't just change overnight. And we want it to, yeah. we want that like, okay, 30 days and your eating disorders healed. Like I wish that was possible, but that's not how it works. Like it's not that black right. and white. Um, right. Yeah. I, I think too, like I remember, so when I was in high school, like I went to, I went to a treatment center, like it was, it was pretty gnarly. And, mm -hmm. but I just remember always getting really annoyed when people would say like, you're going to struggle with your eating disorder for the rest of your life. And I'm yeah. like, thanks so much for the hopefulness here. <laughs> and <laughs> like, so uh, yeah, no, yeah. thank you. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, mm -hmm. I don't, 
Yeah, I think I don't think that we necessarily will struggle with our eating disorder for the rest of our lives. I I more look at it like there is always going to be a greater level of healing that we are invited to over time. Like mm. you know, for example, when I got married, like my one of the things I'm so grateful for It's like my husband, he just has such a different relationship with food, like how he Mm -hmm. grew up around food, what eating dinner looks like, where he likes to eat. Like it's so different, even though we grew up Mm -hmm. three hours apart, it's wildly different. Um, And I think, and he kind of taught me about what food tastes like when food is made with love. Mm. And that changed, like now it's like, oh, I know what it tastes like for food to have love in it. And I know what it tastes like for food not to have love in it. And Mm -hmm. historically, like I'm the one who makes food without love. Like I want to be detached. I don't want to engage in it. It brings Mm -hmm. up all these things, but part of the gift of uh, that, that he's brought me is being able to slow down um, Mm -hmm. and really savor that and enjoy things. And like, that's brought more healing to me. And I imagine when we have kids, like, I'm sure that's going to bring up so much within my own story of seeing, you know, it's like when you see your kids at the same age that you were, when you started restricting or when you started these, all of these behaviors, or when this trauma happened to you, like, I have no doubt it will bring things up. And there Mm -hmm. will, as with all of us, there will be an invitation to engage with that, to experience Mm -hmm. more and more healing. Yeah. And I think that's where knowing like how to cope with things that can be triggering or what helps kind of bring you back to that almost like alignment in the sense of like, I guess, in it, like knowing boundaries to set with yourself to, to prevent you from engaging in those things you have in the past. Because I, I like what you said. I feel like I even hear that question from clients a lot. Like, am I going to always have my eating disorder? And like, mm-hmm. no, I mean, I hope that recovery is in your future, but I don't know if it you're just never going to remember. Like, I think there will still be times where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting weight at the doctor and this is bringing up things or I'm going out and eating a hamburger and French fries. Like there's things that'll spark memories. Just like you have an ex-boyfriend and you go to the restaurant and it like sparks memories from that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like our, it's always like, it's always going to be a part of our story. And that's Mm -hmm. why, you know, it's, it's, it's not funny, but I, I understand it when people are like, mm-hmm. I just want to get rid of this. Like, I just yeah. don't want to deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, what if, yeah. like, what if there's another option? Like, I think, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times I say this to clients when they're like, I always say this when they're calling and, and talking, you know, saying like they're, they're wondering about, about therapy. I, I say like, you know, in our defenses, like we're usually one trick ponies. Like we're not Mm -hmm. very creative. Like you know well how to restrict, you know well how to not, how Mm -hmm. to purge, you know well how to like do X whatever. Um, And Mm -hmm. and the goal is integration where it's like, we're not going to get rid of these parts of you. Like they've served you and we want to have compassion for them. But yeah, we want to have boundaries with them too. Like seven year, you know, a lot of times these defenses were created when we're really young. And it's like, there's a reason seven-year-olds do not drive because they'd be horrible drivers. Mm -hmm. And that's not bad. That's not saying anything bad about you being seven. That's saying like, it's not appropriate. So how do we get the adult of you and you online and care for these younger parts um, so that you do have different options than what you've used in the past. Yeah. 
So then what do you think it looks like for clients to, I guess, maybe one, start to realize the story that their eating disorder plays in all these other aspects of their life, like we've talked about, and like start to like make peace with that and like walk away from that and like find healing, I guess. I'm just like picturing right now someone like driving in their car on a walk, listening to this episode who is like, wow, this is like really making sense. Like, what do I almost like, okay, what do I do now? Or like, yeah, I, I hear all this and now where do I go with yeah. it? I think a lot about this idea of like, I work with the unconscious and the con like, and, mm-hmm. and it seems like this scary woo woo word. Essentially it just means the things that we don't know, but when anything yeah. becomes conscious, when we start to, when it means I have a knowing around this, um, it's not surprising it's like, mm-hmm. how did I not see that? It's been mm-hmm. there all along. And sometimes yeah. it takes things a long time to come. Like, I, I think that that's a beautiful thing is it's like, it's such a journey. It's such a path. Like, just like we have to learn how to tolerate good food and good care. Like we, it also takes us time to become conscious of these patterns. And so, yeah. What would it be like for you to show up and care for yourself in a different way. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, folks who, you know, have traditionally like devalued themselves and who do struggle with eating disorders are going to be really ambivalent about starting care Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. But one of the main reasons is it costs money and it's expensive. And it's like, Mm -hmm. this is an hour that we're going to look at your insides. We're going to talk about your feelings and then you're going to pay me for it. Like, you know, it's like, hell no. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why would I do that? No. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no, thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. sorry. I can't like, no, I, I want to, I want cheap. Like, I don't want to have to pay a lot of money for this. And again, like that serves as that's another metaphor. Like, I don't want to have to pay for this. Um, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's costing you somewhere. And it's like, I think a beautiful place we get to is when, we are simply like sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like what mm-hmm. a gift that is. It feels awful, but what a gift that is to be tired of ourselves um, yeah. and to want to be brave, brave enough to, to seek out help. And so I think what's one way you can start? Like I, I even start really simple. Like, have you ever watched um, the runaway or is it runaway bride? The runaway yes. bride or runaway Runa- bride? I think runaway. Yeah, it's with Julia Roberts, right? Yes, yes. Oh, it's good. Oh, so good. Like, I love having folks watch that. Um, And you see in the movie, she always changes the kind of eggs she likes. And I say that in air quotes, the kind of eggs that she asks for based on the man that she's with. Mm -hmm. And like, what a great, you know, like, wow. How (laughs) how much do we do that? How much do we Mm -hmm. like kind of cut parts of ourselves off? Do we disconnect from certain parts? Do we say, do we say yes when we mean no to fit Mm -hmm. in and to belong? And so a really simple question is like, what kind of eggs do you like? Yeah. Like, what do you actually like? I remember that was several years ago. I had a therapist that was like, like, what if you like, wrote down what your favorite foods were and you ate them. And I was Mm. like, excuse me? But it was the simplest thing. It was almost so, I was like, this is too simple. It won't work. But it was so Mm -hmm. helpful because I think we don't trust our bodies a lot. I mean, for such Mm -hmm. good reasons, because we have been, especially if we come from, you know, histories 
like a history of, of abuse or assault, like there are yeah. our, our bodies in a way, it feels like they've betrayed us. And so coming back into a relationship of trust takes, takes time. Yeah. Um, but when we can trust our bodies, it's like, if I made my list of my favorite foods, there's a fear mm-hmm. there that I'm just going to binge on traditionally carby, sugary, cheesy foods. Like Mm -hmm. that's the fear there. And I realized as I, even with my own self, as I started eating the foods I actually liked, I didn't just eat the, I didn't just eat one category. It's like, Mm -hmm. I was able to attune myself to the things I wanted. Like, Oh, today I really want this today. I really want this, or I, I don't want this. Um, like, I think it's, I think we're really comfortable talking about what we don't like and we're really comfortable talking about what's bad about ourselves. And so like, it's not uncommon for a client to rattle on like, and this is wrong and this is wrong and I'm really bad here and I really need to work on this and da, 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 da. And it's like, what do you like? Like, what is good about, what is good about you? And it's like crickets. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, uh, and so that's part of the work of like, that's one part I I love about therapy is I think people kind of expect like, you're going to go, you're going to come in and you're going to cry. Um, like that's to be expected. I don't think people expect to laugh as much yeah. because I think there's so much goodness around laughing and around like Mm -hmm. that is medicine. And quite frankly, like learning to live a life that is connected to pleasure is Mm -hmm far scarier, far more vulnerable and far riskier than, than living a life of like what I ought to do or what I should do or obligation. Like, it's really scary to say, this is what I like. I like my eggs this way. And I'm going to say it out loud and it's going to be different from the person next to me. And Mm -hmm. then after I say it out loud, I'm going to eat it and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Even if the people next to me have feelings about it. Yes. Because I feel like the world we live in, like, you're almost scared to voice your opinion because what if someone else doesn't like it or like, or if you voice that you like something or like something about your own body, then you feel like, then you're conceited or you're like self-centered or all these negative things. Like I didn't think about like a silly example, but like when you have a group of people and you're trying to figure out which restaurant you want to go to and no one wants to say it because you're like, (laughs) okay, well, I really want to go here, but what if no one else wants to go? And then they make fun of me. Like, and that's such a like, basic le- example, but I mean, but I so like that's hard. Hard. like, yeah, yeah. Even, even starting there, like actually saying where, where you want to go. Like when you're, mm-hmm. when your roommate or your partner comes home and is like, Hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? Like, mm-hmm. what would it be like to not say, I don't know, whatever you want's fine. And to actually yeah. think about it. Mm-hmm. And then to say like, Oh my gosh, I really want some Chipotle tonight. I want some, I'm thinking you're in Nashville and I just yes. missed burger up so much. And I'm uh, like, I want some truffle fries, please. So good. <laughs> Which literally speaking of burger up, that exact example happened to me last night. Cause I was with friends and everyone was like, where should we go? And I was like, Ooh, I really want burger up. And at the same time, another friend was like, I'll go anywhere except burger up. And I'm like, dang it. I'm never suggesting, <laughs> but still I voice my opinion. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it, it makes me think too, like we laugh. So 
I mean, I like my husband and I love interior design. Like we think it's mm-hmm. so fun to watch, but also it can be like real annoying on, on Instagram. So it's like yeah. right now, like the neutrals are having a moment, like everything mm-hmm. is white. Everything is like these beautiful different colors of like beige, like, like watching, we watch like Miggy and co. Oh yeah. Um, or what was we it like too. the home? Um, yeah. Yes. Dream home makeover or something. I mean, yeah. beautiful people, beautiful houses, but uh, like yeah. not a color in sight. And, and yeah. we certainly like, while we were in LA, we had all of this white furniture and like, it sucks. You know, we got mm-hmm. it so dirt. Like we are people who spill, like we are messy yeah. people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And we just finally thought we're like, this is so boring. And so when Mm. we moved to Austin, like we were like, we're just going to go like balls to the wall. And so we have a green couch. We have a red chair. We have a yellow ottoman. Like we were like, how can we put as much color in here as possible? Like Mm -hmm. what would it be like to allow ourselves to like what we like? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's so like, you know, it's, it's like, gosh, what an interesting, fun life it is to have when we actually pursue pleasure. And it's not saying that like life's going to be easy. It's like, what would it be like to really taste, to really taste and experience our grief and Mm. our sadness and to name that things actually mattered? And what would it be like to taste and really receive the good things in our life? Because it's like, diets are boring. Like Mm -hmm. there's only, you know, it's like, it's, there's not much movement around them, but what would Mm -hmm. it, what would it be like to let yourself like what you like and engage yeah. with that. Like that's a risky, vulnerable, beautiful, wild mm-hmm. life that at least yeah. I'm really interested in living or at oh, least yeah. trying to. Yeah. Because yeah, you when you eat, I mean, I think again, back to what your therapist had to do of like writing out a list of your favorite foods or foods that you enjoy. Like that's something mm-hmm. I have my clients do all the time. And the thing that's so shocking about that is especially at first when I have clients make that list and maybe we've just started working together oftentimes if they were to also make a list of foods that they restrict, it's the exact same list. And so it's like, you deeply enjoy these foods. They bring you joy. You love them. Maybe they bring back memories, whatever experiences they have with these foods, but also you're on some diet or your eating disorders telling you you can't eat these. Like that doesn't, I mean, yes, it makes sense obviously from the eating disorder perspective, but like, let's get you back to a place where you can say yes to things that you enjoy and not feel like, oh, because society tells me, you know, cheese is bad or this food's bad or I have to decorate in all white. I really need I to do. start liking kale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cauliflower it's, it's rice. Like, no, you don't. Gosh, I remember I used to make like kale chips and they were not good. It's like, oh, these taste like potato chips. No. No, they if do you not. Want potato yeah. chips, I'm going to eat potato chips. <laughs> back in the day, I'm like, oh, yum, kale chips. Kale no. chips, they really taste good if you put yeah. all the salt on them. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Then they're delicious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. The yeah, things you do. But, yeah. I know. It's wild. And I just – yeah, I, I think we're just so scared to let ourselves like good things and to mm-hmm. let ourselves – like it's just like it's hard to really – you know, it's like that thing of like, it's it's a pretty common thing to hear of like, oh, I don't I don't like compliments. I don't like my birthday. Mm-hmm. I don't like people celebrating yes. me. Um, like let's unpack that. Like, what would mm-hmm. it be like to actually let yourself receive celebration? Mm-hmm. Like, this is something I love to do. But so even on my birthday this year, we um 
had, it was like my family and another close family of ours. We were all at the Mm -hmm. beach and I had all of them. It was so selfish and indulgent and I loved it. And I still think about it to this day, but I had everybody go around and say why they loved me and what they hoped for me for this next year. Oh my gosh. I love that. It was, I mean, talk about good, rich food. Like Mm. it was incredible and I cried Mm. and it was beautiful. And to hear like my brother say these things and, you know, my, like my parents, like we need that. And what would it be Mm. to let ourselves ask for it? Yes. You know, I certainly got made fun of, like my brother was like, oh, are are we doing your like funeral early? Like, (laughs) you know, but it's so good, but it's so good. And we like, we need that and knowing that it's not selfish, like compliments can be so good. And I think we also, I mean, I think about it as friends and even like with JB, with our family, with people, like we almost like don't take time to compliment people or to say like, this is why I value you. This is the joy you bring me. This is like why your friendship is important to me. And hearing that is so, I mean, I know for me, words of affirmation is like, just love language. Yeah. So I think it's so important for that. I love that. I just had a birthday. I'm like, dang it. I should have done that. You can save it. You can save it next year. Well, just, I mean, even to give, to give it, not just to do this, but like, I'm so grateful for you and I'm so grateful for your voice in so many men and women's lives to say like, let's rethink this. Like there are other options you can, like, I love how you are unabashed about your love of margaritas. Like my God, (laughs) they're incredible. Uh, And, and, and tacos, like, please let's be like, what would it be like to engage more and more with Mm. what we like? Because that's so fun. And I think like, it's, it's my opinion that the, like the weirder that we get, the more endearing that we become, Mm -hmm. um, because it's us being more and more of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And not trying to fit ourselves into this mold of how we feel like we should act how, what we feel like we should say. Oh, so good. Yeah. Also, Remy's barking. Hi, Remy. <laughs> He's like, retweet. <laughs> That's right. Anytime I like laugh loud or I'm loud, she is like outside my office door, like, mom, what's happening? Mom, mom, I want to, I want to play too. I want to play. Um, so, well, speaking of margaritas and tacos, kind of, um, one thing I like to ask guests because really along the lines with everything we've been talking about, I think with food, especially, I mean, other things as well, but it's so easy when we're stuck in diets, stuck in eating disorders, all of these different things that take the joy out of food to not make space to celebrate food. And so one thing I love to hear is a favorite food memory that people have, because I think we all have so many, but it's easy to just like diminish them of like, that food's bad or whatever. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear a favorite, whether it's like a recipe or a restaurant you've been to or something growing up or just a food memory that comes to mind to you. I'm going to, I'm going to think of a really great one five minutes after we go. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think of a really great food memory. Um, I, okay. It's around, um, like I love Christmas so much mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, this year's like going to be, I guess we'll listen to it in 2021, but this year has been so hard and, you know, I'm not going home for Christmas this mm-hmm. year just cause it's like, we want to, we'd have to get on a plane and we want to yeah. keep everybody safe. And so that's really hard mm-hmm. and sad. But the thing that I think about is my dad, every Christmas morning mm-hmm. makes this 
incredible. It's like an apple tart. And so, yeah, it's so good. It's like, um, is it phyllo dough? Phyllo dough? Phyllo. Yes. I think. <laughs> I, don't, I said that yeah, so confidently. I, <laughs> I think it's phyllo. This is how it's said. Um, but it's like that. And then it's like this amazing like almondy, like Yum. like kind of inside and then green apples on mm. the top of it. And so like my favorite part of Christmas is the stockings. And mm-hmm. so we all open our stockings oh. and then we're, we like put home alone on and then we sit yes. down and um, we eat. And then my dad like makes this incredible breakfast and mm-hmm. um, everyone drinks like mimosas. I personally uh, love mimosas sans yeah. orange juice, which is just uh, champagne. Same, same. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need the orange juice. I'll no. just take, I'll just yeah. take all the bubbles. Yes, um, and it's just, yeah, it's just the most, I mean, it's just such a fun day. And then later on we have this like huge feast mm. and it's just my favorite. It's like my favorite food because it's with my favorite people. Yeah. And I, yeah, it just makes me so happy to think about mm. Oh, I love that. Yes. I feel like the holiday, like food around the holidays is exactly what we want people to be able to experience with food all year round too. Just like so true. joy and being present and like fully present at the table and enjoying the food, just all of the things. Um, yeah. I and that. I, yeah, I think too, like it's, it's fun. I love that you said that because it's like for so many years, it wasn't a place of enjoyment because it yeah. was really scary. It was really overwhelming to see all of mm-hmm. the food, but even, yeah, that's like cool to, to think about how far I've come in a yeah. way of like, this is my favorite day. Like give mm-hmm. me those twice baked yeah. potatoes. Uh, my yum. God, they're incredible. Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh. Yum. Um, well, Blake, Thank you so much for coming on. This was so great. Where can people find you if people in Texas, because I know you can only see work with clients in Texas. So if people in Texas want to work with you, yeah, find you. Yeah. So they can find me. Um, I hope that everyone knows how to spell. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll be on the link will be on the in the that's why that's why I'm like I it's easier to I'm like if you if you like miss a word or miss a letter. Yeah. I'm sure you can. It's like, there's only so there's only there yeah. are very few Blake Blank and Becklers yes. out there, but it's just, it's just my first name and my last name. So you can find mm-hmm. me there on Instagram and then that's my website. And yes, I can see anybody in the state of Texas. Um, and yeah, work with them therapeutically. And if not, then I'll, uh, I'll see you on the Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, yes. thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition for more inspiring content on food freedom, intuitive eating, body respect, and many other things. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it to reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. We drop new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you always catch our latest conversations. See you next episode. Are you ready to master your mindset and take your health habits to the next level? We created our free method shop with those goals in mind. In our shop, you'll find our Freedom Journal and Elevate Affirmation Cards. Our Freedom Journal is a mindset and gratitude journal that will be the perfect addition to your health and wellness journey. Complete with journal prompts and reflection questions, this journal will help you turn your goals into lasting habits. 
Each journal page is broken into five sections. Affirmations, gratitudes, what you're learning, what you need to let go of, and what you need to hold on to. The perfect addition to our Freedom Journal are our Elevate Affirmation Cards. These affirmation cards come with 31 mantras, prompts, and encouragements to elevate your relationship with food and body. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash store to order yours today.